Good evening, guys. I am Josh. He is Graham. We are doing a Dog Sports Live spring preview, our last one before G-Day on Saturday. We're talking about the running backs. Um, clearly, we are we pride ourselves on being RBU, and uh, there's we've got a lot of, uh, of talent in the backfield. And when we did our wide receiver show and got a little feedback on uh, Senator Lutarski's Get the Picture, um blog that you know one of the guys noted that you know i we touted that as a wide receiver room is the most talented but they took a f issue with that and thought our running backs were the most talented uh running room if you will on the offense and he's probably right especially now that we're a little uh we're lighter now with with the stud george pickens out mm -hmm. potentially so graham you have done some number crunching and uh we'll have a few plays we're, we're going to be lighter on the plays because i think you guys know these but we're going to share some blocking, some elusiveness st stats, and just some stuff that maybe some that you are not aware of. So you'll be ready to watch the running backs on Saturday and just see what they're doing and who gets carries. Graham, take us off. Yeah, so running backs, Georgia, I mean, two words, or I guess three words that are synonymous with each other. Um, you know, I think that it's been a really interesting offseason in terms of how I think the running back room has been covered uh, by just sort of the, the Georgia media and the college football media at large. Um, Zamir White, if you look at just who got carries last year, uh, he was really the workhorse on this team. I mean, he had almost a hundred more carries than anyone else on the roster. And all I've heard about this offseason has been Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton. And for good reason, they're both very talented backs. Uh, but I think that, you know, we have some stats and some, some info from PFF and some EPA stuff that kind of points to, you know, Zamir White is the number one running back for a reason. Yeah, I've got the uh, running back room stat up here with our depth chart and some of the stats. Um, I've got that famous or I'm trying to make it famous EPA, which talks about just sort of the value of, of each play. And you can see that Cook was pretty explosive uh, running back, at, with, but just 45 carries. So he's not going to carry the ball 15 to 20 times for you. But Zamir White is, and we'll show this a little later, compared to some of the SEC running backs in 2020, was had a very stout uh, 236 EPA um, and a 5.6 mm -hmm. average on 143 carries. So... Um, I mean, 143 carries is is actually it's a luxury that we're we can spell these backs, we can give them some breaks. But Zamir White is clearly the the leader in that room, and I, you know McIntosh and Milton have shown great uh, flashes and brilliance, and we're going to talk about some of that too. But I agree with you. I think White is the guy, um, and and yeah, uh, and, and I mean, you know, I think the thing to remember about Zamir White is like he really finally got healthy towards the end of last year. And that was when we started to see him look like the, the number one running back in the country that he was coming out of high school. Uh, his explosiveness kind of came back earlier, but like the, the balance and the cuts weren't quite all the way there, which I think is a, a testament to how talented he is. Right. That like he was still getting the, the majority of the carries despite not being all the way back from that ACL injury. But like you remember with Chubb, you know, we, we had him on the field for a year and a half post uh, the ACL tear at Tennessee. And then sort of right there at the end of 2017, the end of his senior year, like 
that Kentucky game towards the end of that year was sort of the first time we saw him really like look like that guy that he had looked like as a freshman and, and early in his sophomore season where he was running away from defenders and had that explosion back. And I feel like Zamir, we saw a lot of the same stuff with him towards the end of last season. Uh, that run that he had against Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl that was, you know, not a, a big play, but like he broke three or four tackles on that play and was, you know, moving laterally and, I don't know. I, I, I get defensive over Zamir just because, like, I've seen tweets this offseason of people being like, Zamir White is the running back that, uh, that, or I'm sorry, that Kendall Milton is the running back that I was told Zamir White was supposed to be. And it's like, Kendall Milton's great. He's extremely talented. And I think he's the future of that running back room for sure. But he also hasn't gone through two ACL tears. Um, and I think, you know, we're really lucky to have Zamir White on this team. I've got I've got White stats up by week showing some of that EPA data and stuff. You can see that mm-hmm. in the Missouri game, he was he was super efficient, but he can be efficient and can be explosive, like you say. And he can but he can also be strong and get you the yards that you need to get. Like the Kentucky game, his EPA is 0.129, which is one of his lower ones in the season. But he had 26 carries, 136 yards for over five yards a carry. That tells you right there that Kirby, want, you know, when you got to get the tough yards, and those were tough yards in that Kentucky game because we were not doing anything through the air. He'll get, he'll, he'll <laughs> yeah. get them for you. But he can also be explosive. I mean, that Missouri game, he looked so good and so strong and was just getting out on the edge and, and just, you know, he had some zip and some speed. And I, I agree. He came on he came on a really strong at the end of the year. So I couldn't yeah. more. And what surprised me is uh, you may have shown this this chart already, but that uh, that elusiveness rating – uh, graph from PFF like you think of McIntosh and Cook as kind of the elusive backs on this team but you know he he compares pretty pretty favorably to to James Cook with that elusiveness rating and yeah I mean he had a ton more attempts but it's like he forced a lot of missed tackles and you know he he does his fair share of like getting around guys I mean he's not I mean, Kenny McIntosh, right, is one of the most elusive rated players in all of college football. Um, but on, ju- on just 47 attempts. And yeah, right. and, and and so that, and that tells you that the more attempts you get, that rating is going to go down. You know, right. you know, there's no way to filter those out. Like a lot of a lot of the analytics guys will actually filter that garbage time out. So, I mean, if you think about it, Kenny McIntosh and, and Edwards, especially and less to lesser extent early in the year when Milton was healthy. And Milton was getting there's there's important carries, but yeah, I mean Zamir White mm-hmm. and James Cook are in there when you know second and third second and third quarter and, and the games on the line and stuff. They're not getting garbage yards out of that. And yeah, totally. I mean, I think the thing that I I really want to kind of talk about with James Cook is like his. So he's coming off his best season as a, a bulldog by far, right? But I think he's finally kind of the right weight. You know, for a long time, he was he was heavy and then he's kind of lightened back up. He came in really skinny, but we just saw him bust through the line with a lot better explosion and finally break some long runs against Missouri and South Carolina. But the thing that that I figured out when I was reading this or I'm sorry, when we were researching this episode was just uh, the amount of promise, I guess you could say, that he brings to the passing game is really significant. I mean, we. We saw him have 16 catches on just 19 targets last year, but he took some of those targets. I mean, you know, he had 101 yards 
against Alabama and that was a, a big play, but it's like, he's, he's catching some of these balls and, you know, doing a lot with them. Um, but more than anything, the thing that stood out to me was just that he averaged 10.95 yards per a touch last season. Yeah. Uh, awesome. James, James yep. Cook did, which is astounding. Yeah. That's game changer. Yeah. So you've got some clips of yeah, I'm just kind of showing some highlights of the running backs, kind of each each guy's big run and stuff. I think this is McIntosh right here in the South Carolina game, or is that Milton? Yeah, that's McIntosh. No, that's McIntosh. And yeah. um, and just kind of showing you know what we got back there. I mean, all these guys had big runs, several big long touchdown runs. I mean, they, I mean, you talk about explosive runs. You just, I mean, look at that. There, I mean, come on, that's Cook between the tackles with uh, this. <laughs> come on that's uh, and he got a lot more carries between the tackles this year and it seemed like the the offensive coaching staff wanted to give him more of those touches and not just try to put him in space and all that stuff he can get you the yards whatever yards you need he'll get them for you totally no and i mean i think the the thing with james cook next year right is like i mean truthfully i don't know i mean he's a really good back but i don't know that he'll necessarily be like always that that first or second option in terms of running the ball. But I think because of the weapon that he is in the passing game and because he understands the offense and he has proven himself to be very good in pass protection, uh, I, d I just don't see him coming off the field that much. Now, I think that, like, we might see him line up in the slot sometimes. I think we might see him, you know, in two back sets. But I think that we're going to see – James Cook on the field a lot. I think we'll see him get as many snaps as, as anyone in the running back room, but I don't know that we'll necessarily see him get as many carries as anyone in the running back room, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've got the breakaway plays. I don't know if you want to, to kind of talk about that in relation to Cook, but, you know, uh, he had four run breakaway runs of 15 plus yards and just 45 carries. So yeah. he's he's a, he's a carry, he's getting the ball a third of those touches that Samir is getting, but he's getting half the breakaways um, with broken, ta you know, a good percentage on those and 105 yards and nine runs of 15 plus yards. I mean, he he's he he could be special this year. Yeah, 100 percent. And I mean, I think that this is what he came back for. Right. And like I I, I know that his mom in particular was kind of critical of the coaching staff at times uh, last season and, you know, sort of felt like he wasn't getting as many carries as he should. And I think Georgia probably laid out a really good plan to him after the season of like what they want to do with his talent this year and playing under a guy like Todd Mockin, like everyone's going to eat to a certain extent, right? Like he has the ability to scheme up, plays that are going to fit everyone's skill set and really let them shine and I think there's a reason why like he came back to Georgia for another season instead of you know maybe being a, a grad transfer kind of situation or using that free COVID year to to go somewhere else so like I think there's a lot to be excited about with him in the coming season um let's talk a little bit about Kendall Milton because like I I see Milton what surprised me, honestly, I mean, I know he was hurt, but uh, Milton actually got the, I think he got, yeah, he had the least amount of rushing attempts of, of anybody on the team last year, you know, that's a running back. Um, and I know he was injured for a few games, but like, I feel like 
because we saw him make so many kind of memorable runs like that, that Tennessee game or even in the Auburn game, the Alabama game. Yeah. 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 It feels like he, he touched the ball a lot more than, you know, 30, 33 times. Um, I kind of see Milton though, as like probably the guy that's most likely to sort of take the next, take the next jump. Yeah. The leap to, to being a feature quality back. Yeah, I see him as a true three down back, which not to to you know put any knocks on on Kenny McIntosh or or James Cook, but like I think Cook and McIntosh are a little more well suited to split out and catch passes and go into the slot and do some different things with their elusiveness and speed. And I think Milton is probably more in that Zamir White mold where like he is a bell cow kind of back that you know has that body to handle twenty or twenty five carries a game. And for a freshman in particular, he held up very well in pass blocking last season. Um, so, you know, I, I think it'll be kind of interesting to see sort of how the the share of the carries shake out if he can sort of, you know, maybe not like we were talking about, like I think Cook is going to have as many snaps as anyone, but maybe lined up in different positions. But if it'll be interesting to see if Milton can kind of, move into that spot where he's sort of, you know, getting the second most carries on the team behind Zeus. Yeah. I've got the, uh, some of the PFF stuff you dug up and I mean, Milton had 123 yards after contact and, you know, a 73.5 grade PFF grade 11 missed tackles. I mean, he's definitely an sec back, you know, and he's, he's coming in as a true freshman. So uh, yeah, we're, it's a deep room and we're we've got everything we need young talent that's ready to step up and also veteran leadership from cook and zamir mm-hmm. yeah 100 and, and um, you want to you, you want to pivot into uh mcintosh yeah let's talk about mcintosh because i think you know mcintosh is like we talked about elusive rating wise he's not just as good as anyone on the georgia football team he's about as good as anyone in college football um I'm what he show, did, I'm going to put up your Twitter feed while you talk, and uh, and may and yes, yeah. is it interesting? He, if you didn't see it back a few weeks ago, Graham put out there, you know, sort of some some of these backs behind uh, Zamir White, and and some of the reasons they are not maybe not ready to take over Zamir White, and and you know, everyone loves the backup running back, but he showed some good uh pass blocking and some things that that he's definitely gonna get better at so take it away here yeah so exactly i mean mcintosh when he gets in the ball in in his hands he's phenomenal but like we said coming on the air like i've seen a lot of pundits kind of predict that mcintosh is going to take carries away from cook and zeus and if you go and look at the film of him against cincinnati he got exposed pretty badly in pass protection um And so, you know, I think it's kind of – it's it's going to be interesting to see if he can improve that skill set. And it sucks for him that he, he got injured because he's not – no, you're good. It's just like he's not shown that he can be on the field lined up at running back in passing downs without being a liability. And, like, that play that you're showing right there, he misses a block. Again, uh, he struggles in pass protection. You know, later on, I mean, we have, you know, this is Zamir right here in a good, in a good, you know, pass pro. He does a really good job of picking that up. Um, But when you have McIntosh on the field, like 
you know, that those are big negative plays. Like one is a sack. One is a sack fumble. Um, you know, he was kind of, I think on the field for, for one of the interceptions that, that JT threw, which is on Daniels to, to get rid of the ball and, and eat that play. But like, if he is under pressure, nothing goes right. So it's just, Georgia's got to break in a young offensive line this year. And like, there's a lot of unknowns at that position. And we know that Todd Monken, you know, going back to the work we did last summer, like he uses those kind of H back type players. He uses tight ends and running backs to, to be extra blockers and to sometimes sort of function like a fullback and be a lead blocker uh, in the running game. So I just, we need to see more out of McIntosh and, and his pass blocking abilities for him to be a guy that can stay on the field because if he comes in the game and on first down, you know, he breaks a long run and then Monken wants to go tempo and get up to the line quick and, and run some pass plays, you know, I don't know that Monken's totally comfortable doing that with McIntosh on the field because he hasn't shown that he can pass block well. So it's like for him to become that kind of three down back, that's going to steal a lion's share of the carries from someone else. He's going to have to improve that just because situationally as a, an offensive coordinator, you can't trust him to be on the field and in a lot of different scenarios right now. And he's banged up. He's not even practicing this spring. So unfortunately he's not getting reps. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. I mean, he, he that's going to be hard for him to make up and especially when he needs to improve and, and you got to show improvement. You got to keep, you know, you listen to the press conferences and Kirby wants to keep getting better every day. And, and it's not his fault. I mean, obviously he can't be on the no. field, but, but, you know, there needs to be some improvement there. Clear. I'm showing the pass blocking grades and it's pretty, you know, on 10 snaps and pass pass pro, he gave up two pressures and a, you know, only, you know, only pass blocks successfully on 11% of them or whatever that is. It's one, maybe that's one good pass block out of that. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I think, I, I forget the the exact statistic and I apologize for not having it in front of me, but like just if you go and look at the number of snaps that he had last year on pass plays um, when he was actually lined up at running back, when he was lined up in a position to, to block somebody, it's like very few, it's just a handful of snaps. And yeah, yeah I, think I think we just that, showed it. it was 10 snaps, two pressures. So, yeah. So, but I, I think there were, I'm not sure if those PFF pass blocking numbers are actually like, Oh, I got you. I think think those are just situations where he's actually asked to pass block. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, But just in terms of where he's lined up for snaps, like normally if he's on the field and the ball is getting thrown, he's running a route. Like there's just not that trust there. And so if you kind of read between the lines, you sort of see that, he's it's just hard for me to imagine him coming in and like stealing a bunch of carries from James Cook this year. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I also think that Todd Mockins a good enough offensive coordinator to use his talents in other ways. Cause like in the bowl game, he had five catches on five targets. And the last catch that he had was the one that got Georgia into field goal range for the win. So he's a really good player and he's really talented with the ball in his hands and you yeah, know, I'm not trying to hang them out to dry. Or I know exactly. We're being we're being kind of negative because I mean, we're truly blessed. I mean, when you got McIntosh, who you know is somewhere between the second and fourth, 
a guy on your roster and you're we're really picking him apart and he's just a kid and he's gonna get a lot better so yeah totally i mean just yeah we're not trying to like dog on him or anything it's just we're trying to i think make the argument for why we believe the guys are white carries yeah right and james cook and this time next year, hopefully we'll be, you know, touting some great numbers for McIntosh and Milton and talking about how they're the guys that are going to lead the way. So, but I, I think I'm hundred percent on board with you that it's Zamir's room. He's the, he's the guy. It's Zamir and Cook yeah. are, are the guys. And I know that everyone likes, you know, like you and I were talking prep, you know, the, the most popular guy on their team is often the backup quarterback and maybe the backup <laughs> running back for Georgia fans. Uh, yeah. But, we've we're we're loaded we really are and i'm excited to see them and i think they're all going to improve right totally and it's it's also you know uh i think there's a lot of folks in any fan base and and i think i can be guilty of it too that you get really enamored by the recruiting rankings of someone coming in and you don't always kind of take that question to like really ask yourself, okay, you know, how is the skill set going to translate or is this really going to work in, in different situations? It's just like, this kid's a five-star. He's the new guy in town. His high school tape is incredible. I want to watch him run. So he's ready to play in the SEC, you know, day one. And that's not normally yeah. the case. He's the next Jasper Sinks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to show one last thing before we wrap it up and talk about uh, G-Day and stuff. But no, let me me just put this stat. I got the stat up here with the SEC running backs. But go ahead, continue. Yeah, while you put that up, I want to talk about Dajan Edwards um, because I do think that, like, he doesn't get talked about like the other four backs. And, you know, even us, we were just sitting here talking about, you know, McIntosh and and Milton versus kind of Cook and White. But uh, his – I mean, his advanced statistics and and his film and his performance and everything is extremely impressive. Uh, I mean, he led Georgia in yards after contact per rush attempt last year. And he's shown that willingness to run between the tackles. And, like, he might not have that highlight kind of breakaway speed, but he has incredible balance and a very low center of gravity and just kind of bounces off, dude. So point being, like, as much as we've talked about kind of collectively as a fan base this off season, whether or not McIntosh or Milton are going to steal carries from Zamir and cook. I, I feel like we should also be talking about like, is, is Dejan Edwards going to steal carries from McIntosh and Milton because he has shown himself to be a very capable ball carrier. Yeah. I didn't mean to come. I I'm guilty. I just blew right past Dejan Edwards. <laughs> My there bad. There we go. No, my bad. Good. No, I wanted to talk about and kind of put a, the 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 point on it with White because I'm showing. Oops, still picture in picture off. Okay, so I'm sh- nope, that's not the one. But hang on, bear with me. Here it is. This is the SEC 2020 SEC running backs, and this is uh, 50 plus carries and uh, sorted by EPA. And you can see that um, Kevin Harris and Najee Harris, Tank Bigsby were the only SEC running backs that had higher EPA um, averages than, than Zamir White. And they all had great – they had a little bit more yards per carry. But, I mean, they've got more carries. And I guarantee you some of these, uh, Najee Harris especially, were in that garbage time uh, area where, you know, 
the the defense is broken, the lead's intact, and he's you know he's obviously he's a great back. Don't get me wrong, but I mean yeah. Zamir had a much tougher and you know honestly wasn't the workhorse back. I mean he's getting fifty less carries, and so Zamir White is explosive. Zamir White is trustworthy, and he is an incredible back and get high carry great epa can show you explosiveness and like you said i think you mentioned in a tweet you know this is he's probably just now getting 100 percent at the end of of you know it, yeah. end of the season last year from his injuries so and, and with the weird covid year i mean i'm sure that it upset sort of the routine and stuff so i think zamir white is just ready to go and i don't know if we're going to see him much on g-day i don't think he's got anything to prove um, so don't be surprised if we don't see Zamir White and we see these other guys just for the reasons we talked about. They need carries and they need snaps and all that sort of stuff. So I bet you if we don't see Zamir White or James Cook that much, that means that's going to be a sign to me that those guys are, you know, you know, he he named uh, JT the starter, but by not playing Zamir and um, James on G Day on Saturday, that probably is telling us those guys are the those are guys are the guys. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll see him get <clears throat> get some reps or whatever. But, I mean, I think from that younger group that we've talked about of Edwards, McIntosh, and Milton, and I know this is boring and people get kind of pissed off when I talk about it. And I've had people, like, fight with me on Twitter about it because they don't understand football, I guess. But, sorry, that's rude, but that is kind of how I feel sometimes. If you want to, like, know who is going to – be that number three back or that guy that's going to like challenge for, for number two, then on Saturday at G day, pay attention to who does the, the best job in pass blocking, because that's, that's going to be the guy that can stay on the field in any situation. Um, so not to beat a dead horse, but I just beat a dead horse. So well, let's I mean, talk the running sorry, back, man. the running back that can, that can block on third and six or run the ball on third and six is going to be, get more carries just like the the linebacker that can cover on third downs and can rush the passer i mean that's just what that's what you want you want the three down guys the guys that don't make mistakes that aren't you know uh, a liability uh, on any down and i think zamir will is that guy yeah 100 percent. and to take like to piggyback off that thought and take it a, a step further i mean at this point with mcintosh uh if i'm a defensive coordinator and i see him come onto the field, you know, that's telling me something from a tendency standpoint, because I know that he's not trusted as a pass blocker. So it's like, George is going to have to break some of those tendencies from a personnel standpoint to, to keep that element of surprise. And if you have cook and white in the game on third down, they could block, you know, cook could take a little angle route for a touchdown. Like he did against Missouri. He might go in motion and, run a slant or a go route like he did against Alabama. So it's just like, there's just a lot more variables that a defense has to think about. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they, how they've tried to develop McIntosh this off season and what the level of awareness around that is in that offensive room in Athens. All right. Well, pivoting off of uh, the running back discussion, did you want to go uh, Spencer Hall or did you want to go some spring thoughts? Which way you want to go? Um, yeah, let's. I mean, what are you excited about for G Day? What am I excited about for G Day? Um, I'm excited. I mean, this is how how far I've come as just a fan who would always want to look at the skill position players. I want to see left guard <laughs> i want to see i want to i want to see yes. i want to see because uh kirby and his is uh 
excuse me, Coach Smart in his after his press conference from Saturday's scrimmage talked about all the guys are moving around. He's got five guys that are moving all around and stuff. But um, he said he was really high on Xavier Trust, but he also talked about uh, Mims. He talked about um, Ratledge and those guys. I think Ratledge may be playing more at right guard, but he he said they're yeah. all getting they're all getting snaps at left. So I want to see I want to see Tate. I want to see if hopefully get to see Mims and uh, I want to see some of you know maybe maybe McIntosh running behind not McIntosh because he's gonna he, he won't be playing but Milton running behind those guys so I'm excited to see that totally. no 100 percent yeah I mean I think that's the two areas like the offensive line and the secondary should be the two kind of areas of concern or scrutiny that we as fans are looking at and seeing does this look like a team that's you know ready to go and play Clemson. And the answer is probably going to be no, and no one should panic over that because there's a long time between now and then. But, yeah, I'm with you on the O-line. Um, truthfully, I thought Xavier Trust struggled mightily in that Cincinnati game. Um, he had a really hard time against AAC defensive end. So I, I worry about him kind of potentially being that answer at tackle. Um, so I, I would like to see some improvement from him or potentially, you know, some of Broderick Jones and some of these other guys, I think Amarius Mims is like so talented that he may, you know, end up playing right tackle pretty quickly in the season as a starter. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how this all shakes out. Um, and I feel like Ratledge is going to be like that next, like, Ben Cleveland, Cade Mays type, where he's just like in the game all the time at different positions and mauling dudes. And he kind of has the same sort of like mold as those guys, I guess. But uh, yeah, secondary, I think truthfully is more my concern than the offensive line just because of the. Yeah. They, we, we know how well we've recruited on the offensive line. Like I just, I just have faith that like five of those guys are going to come together and it's going to be fine. But in the secondary, <clears throat> other than the safety positions, like we don't know anything. And I'm really excited to see Keely Ringo for the first time. We haven't seen him at all. Yeah. I definitely want to see the secondary. And, you know, Kirby said that, uh, listen to the press conference and shout out to Bulldog Illustrated. Cause they put them all up. A lot of the guys do, but I, they put them up real quick and I've, I listened to him on my ride home and stuff. And he's, you know, he's been realistic and he's not, he sings praises, but he's not saying these guys are ready. They got to go blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he said they're getting better and they keep trying and they don't and they're not making the same mistakes or regressing. He said they're getting better. And that's what he said on Saturday. So there's no regression, which is probably, you know, about the nicest thing you're going to get out of coach on a, yeah. on a post scrimmage press conference. So um, I expect to see some plays and I expect to see some some blown plays on the secondary. But um, we got a lot of talent and uh, that just means their offense is getting getting over on them. So there's nothing wrong with taking watching darnell you know beat somebody on the corner there's you know i don't i got no exactly problem totally i'm with you there yeah i mean it's definitely i think i don't know i, I just do you sort of get the feeling from like some of kirby's media availability this spring that he kind of is not trying to not trying to flaunt it but well, i mean yeah we know he hates the media but like <laughs> Do you get the feeling that he kind of feels really good about the hand that he's holding going into next season? Because like I, I get that vibe sometimes that he's. Oh, trying... I don't get that vibe at all. I get he's more munsoning than anything. But I mean, I know. I... I mean, like he does that. Don't get me wrong, but like I just feel like there's a little different air 
that I can't quite put my finger on. And maybe it's having a, a quarterback that's entrenched that he trusts or, or something like that. But it's just, there seems to be a little more confidence. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a little air around the program right now that kind of, instead of that, like, scrappy challenger there's a little more sense of like we're hungry and we're working very hard but we know what we're doing and we belong here and we deserve this hype i i think i definitely maybe not from the from the guys press conferences on their availability i definitely get that feeling that they they know they're talented they they know they've got everything in place and it's about you know staying focused and you know and that's definitely they're doing a lot of coach speak or you know what their coaches want them to say and stuff but i do feel like that yeah, yeah. it's an arrogance not arrogance it's not the wrong word but a confidence that they they want to they want to they want to get out of there and prove it because they know they can't yeah there i i agree i mean that's kind of my vibe anything else to say about g-day i wish i could be there but uh you know work and stuff and i really wanted to go over there and do a show and just sort of kind of catch up with some folks to see if they wanted to after they left the stadium, but, um, I got a soccer tournament for my son and, uh, just work late work Friday. So I'm just going to be watching it on the, on the YouTube and we should do, uh, we, we're, we got to figure out something fun to do. You know, I can live tweet the stuff. I think it's going to be harder for people to watch because it's going to be streaming and not on the broadcast channel. So I'm looking, I'm actually, well, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to bringing it to you guys, you know, and some plays and stuff. And, um, you know, hopefully ESPN won't sue me for, you know, copyright. And I'll just put out some plays so we can enjoy it and tweet and talk about them in the comments. So on that note, be sure you're following at dog underscore stats. And uh, that's me. And Graham is at dog out West. I God only believe that you got to be following us if you're watching 32 minutes into the show, but there it is. There's our Twitter handles. I mean, you're probably smart not to. <laughs> um, so before we go, yeah. And you're really Josh you're really good at doing that I mean I think during the pandemic last year we did like a some live retweeting and and you know play play tweeting from uh the 2019 Georgia Florida game and I feel like that was like a a weird night on Twitter where a bunch of people just got like excited to talk about Georgia football instead of all the miserable stuff that was going on around that time last year so it's always fun to kind of have those uh moments where everyone sort of gathers on twitter around around Georgia. oh yeah I, lo I love the twitter i love it i you know there's there's a lot of crap on there but i think there's a great collection of people that follow us and that we follow and um and it's a lot of fun so i'm looking forward to having some fun on saturday and then getting ready for the season 100 so before we go um we here at dog sports live and uh dog sports uh in general, the larger website. We are all about uh, anything that we can do to kind of use the, the platform that we have, however however small it is, to try and help other folks. Um, as many of you are familiar with uh, the website, Every Day Should Be Saturday, uh, EDSBS, which is sadly enough, no longer uh, in existence, but, um, still are doing their their every year uh charity bowl which helps new american pathways which is a an atlanta-based uh nonprofit organization that exists to uh take care of and help out the uh refugees i'm sorry refugees come into the united states and so 
the thing that's beautiful about the EDSBS Charity Bowl is that it allows college football fans to basically like harness their spite and hatred for something positive. Um, so a lot of times we'll, you know, folks will like Spencer Hall, the the founder of EDSBS, who uh, joined us on on the show before the Florida game last year. He uh, he donated forty four dollars and twenty eight cents uh, to memorialize the the Florida win over Georgia this past season. So it's always kind of fun to to throw some darts. Uh, I think Nathan uh, made a, a a donation to remind Auburn fans how long it's been since the last time they won a game in Athens. Um, but yeah, I, I put out a little Twitter poll today of. Uh, everyone's trying to get everyone's favorite win uh, over Georgia Tech. And so a little history is that Georgia Tech traditionally dominates. They're one of the dominant forces in the EDSBS Charity Bowl. Um, Michigan has won every one that's ever happened for, I believe, 13 years now. But Georgia Tech is usually a consistent second. And after today, they are second in the standings. But surprisingly, Georgia is number four, which is would be our greatest uh, showing ever. So if you have the ability and the means to uh, donate a little money, you know, it can be uh, $41 and zero cents for the 2017 Tennessee game. It can be whatever you want it to be. Um, I did ask on Twitter today what everyone's favorite Georgia win over Georgia tech was because since Georgia tech, this is like the one thing they consistently beat us in is the charity bowl. I'm trying to, to really garner up some support to see if the dogs can, can pull through. Um, the winner by a solid margin of that poll was the 2002 game, Georgia 51, Georgia tech seven. So uh, because of all of you, I will be donating $51 and seven cents to the charity bowl. But uh, yeah, more importantly than that uh, would be if, any or all of you can donate a little bit yourselves, even if it's, you know, dollar, five bucks, anything helps, anything goes a long way to help these people. Um, so that's my soapbox and my spiel. And uh, unless you have anything else to add, take us out, Josh. Um, I don't, I was trying to type up a graphic and put it on there, but um, I didn't do it in time. So I'll get better at that. But uh, no, I'm looking forward to G-Day. Please follow us on Twitter. Please uh, read, it, it, tell your friends about us. We're going to be uploading this on YouTube. There's a podcast. Uh, if you want to listen to this, uh, which you probably already will listen to it, but you know, you might catch the next one on your commute into work or whatever. So we're just trying to put out some good content and we've talked about it a bunch. We're trying to expand it. So give us some ideas on yeah. maybe some things we can do. Um, and as always, Graham, thank you for all the hard work that you did getting us ready. If you've oh, met, if, you, you. If, this is, if this is one of your first or second shows, we've done every position group. So go find it on the on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, and uh, go get get yourself ready, familiarize yourself with some new names, and refresh your memory on the uh, the guys that were there with us last year making some plays. Um, I enjoyed it, and uh, that's all I got. Go dogs! Sorry, yeah, no, we'll definitely uh, be back. You know, this weekend or or next week with lots of G day fodder, uh, to chew on. And, uh, I just wanted to mention, uh, cause I forgot that if you do want to donate to the, uh, the EDSBS charity ball, the link is on dogsports.com. So check it out there. 
Um, yeah, this has been Dog Sports Live. That has been Josh Hanser. You can find him at dog underscore stats on Twitter. Um, I am Graham Coffee. You can find me at dog out west on Twitter and dogsports.com. And uh, we really, really appreciate you joining us for the show. And we hope to see you very, very soon. Have a great night.